podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Dream Team Professor Podcast. This is going to be a transfer special. The November transfers have just landed and I'm going to just talk about how I'm going to plan to use the transfers in November while covering the best fixtures and the best players that I think we should be targeting. November is going to be a short month due to the World Cup, so we're going to only have two game weeks in this one. And this is going to be broken down into game week 13, which sees a Premier League fixture and a Carabao Cup fixture. And then game week 14 is just Premier League. So with five transfers to use over the space of two weeks, it's quite a good opportunity to either fix your team if you're quite far behind and maybe take a few risks to try and gain on some of your competitors. Or if you're up the top, you can either attack it and try and get further up the top or you could probably try and just consolidate your rank and see it through to the World Cup where we'll actually be getting a, a kind of wild card where you get unlimited transfers for the duration of the World Cup. So for this video, I'm going to start with the teams with the best fixtures. We're going to work through the teams one by one and just highlight who I think the best players from each team will be to target. And then after we've got through that, I'm just going to move on to my team and show you how I'll be using my transfers. Just to let you know, also, I'm filming this on Saturday morning. Um, so the, the matches don't start till three o'clock today. Um, so we're not really, we haven't really got any team information or team updates, no lineups. Um, so all of this is dependent on the players actually starting and if there's any injuries that have come up. Um, obviously you'll have to adapt accordingly. Um, so always check the lineups before and you'll be able to do that today with most of the games kicking off at three o'clock. So because from now to the uh, World Cup, there's no European fixtures, I've decided that I'm going to just use the, um, the, form, the Premier League form table to decide which would be the best, the best teams to cover in this video. Um, this isn't in order of who's got the best fixtures, but I think the form table is going to give a pretty good idea of the sort of players you're going to want to have in your team. Um, and it is pretty standard as well when you look at who are the popular players. Most of them are from these clubs. Um, so surprisingly, you've actually got Newcastle at the top of the form table at the minute, um, followed by Arsenal, Man City, Chelsea, Manchester United. And then this is where it gets a little bit funny. So I'm going to include um, a couple of other teams as well, even though they are so far down the form table. But we've actually got so Manchester United, then Leicester, West Ham, Crystal Palace, and then Tottenham are down in ninth. Then you've got Fulham, Everton and Liverpool. Um, now, I still don't think that, um, for example, in, in there, I think that Crystal Palace, Fulham and Everton are kind of outliers for who you'd actually want to get in your teams. So even though Liverpool are down in 12th and Tottenham are down in 9th, I'm going to take those as a bit of a blip and still include them because uh, you can't leave out Liverpool and Tottenham players from the, uh, from the uh, players that we're choosing from. So we'll start with Newcastle then. Um, in game week 13, they've got Southampton away, they've got Crystal Palace at home in the Carabao Cup, and then they've got Chelsea at home in the Premier League in game week 14. Um, so there could still be quite a bit of rotation in that Carabao Cup game. I'm, I'm really not too sure how they'll approach this one, but I do think it's their probably their best chance of silverware, to be honest. So I wouldn't be too surprised to see some of the big names in there. Um, but in terms of players... I'm going to have to say Kieran Trippier is by far the best option there at um, Newcastle at the moment. And you'll find out later that I'm going to have to bring him in. Um, I've, I've highlighted him in so many previous videos. He's a who scored machine, getting all the ratings. Um, I can't remember the exact stat, but he's he's got a ridiculous amount of ratings. I think there was only three games that he hadn't um, got a seven rating in at one point. Um, so he really is in really is in great form. Um, he's the second best defender in the game, um, and he probably plays two out of three of these fixtures. I think 
and the Southampton Premier League game and the Chelsea Premier League game. I'm not really sure who the alternative would be for that uh, Carabao Cup game, but I, th I do think we, we haven't seen whether or not he can play sort of two games in 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 space of a week across this season. Um, and with the World Cup coming up, he's I think he's one of the best options now to start in that um, in that England team. So. Whether or not he'll be uh, in Eddie Howe's ear asking for a rest in that midweek game, I'm not too sure. But I think personally he will play at least two out of the three of these games. So he's probably the best person I'd put in. Um, and then I had this um, problem myself. So I'm going to have to make sacrifices with my team to bring Kieran Trippier in because he is quite expensive now on the game. Um, his price now is uh, 4.9 million. So he's gone up quite a way since the start. But... If you can't quite afford him, I think that Fabian Scher is probably the, the second best option to get in your side. He's uh, he's 3.3 million at the minute. Um, and I do think he's the second best defensive option for Newcastle. And with those fixtures, um, Southampton, Crystal Palace and Chelsea, um, I'm not too sure whether they can keep the clean sheet against Chelsea. But I do think it's entirely possible for the Southampton game. And if they do um, play these players in the uh, Carabao Cup as well, I do think there's a good chance they could keep a clean sheet against Crystal Palace, who will probably be rotating a little bit as well. Um, so that, that middle game is a bit of a toss-up, but I think that, yeah, Cher is probably the second-best defensive option. And then I'm going to say Miguel Almiron as well is the um, the third-best option for me. I've got him in quite a lot of my teams now, and my, my main team. Um, yeah, if you haven't added him already, what are you doing? Uh, he's at only three point, he's three million now, uh, but he started off quite a lot cheaper than that as well. He's got seven goals now, um, and he's only ten percent owned. So he's a really good enabler to put in your team, um, and really good value for money. So yeah, I'd still, I'd still look to get Almiron in. And looking at those fixtures, I think they, they've got potential to score in any of those games, and especially the home games as well. Newcastle have been so good at home. So yeah, I'd back him to carry on scoring. Then I'm going to move on to Arsenal, who start off with quite a tough fixture in game week 13, which is Chelsea away, and that's going to be on Sunday, so tomorrow. Uh, I think that's going to still be a tough game, even though Chelsea haven't looked the best lately, uh, but they'll still be very tough at, uh, at Stamford Bridge. And then the midweek game uh, in the Carabao Cup is Brighton at the Emirates. Um, Arsenal's home form has been really good this season. Uh, I'm not too concerned about this, but I do think the team that we see Arsenal play against Brighton is going to likely be something more similar to what we've seen in the Europa League. So I wouldn't be surprised to see holding in that team. Um, a bit of rotation at centre-back. Gabriel and Saliba tend to rotate in the Europa League. So Gabriel played the last Europa League game, so maybe it's a chance for Saliba to um, have a go on the midweek fixtures. I'm not too sure. With Tommy Asu likely out, I think Ben White's going to be probably quite nailed. Um, so he plays, at, he plays at right back at the minute and can play centre-back. But the only other cover at right back now would probably be Cedric, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not too sure many fans are happy about seeing Cedric play anymore. Um, we've been so good without him, and it seems quite a long time ago that he was actually one of our starting right backs, even though it was only last season. But I do think Ben White's probably the most, uh, most nailed in that back line. And then we've got Zinchenko back now from injury, so he could play at left back instead of Tierney. They're the two there. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see rotation at that left-back slot because Tierney, I'm still not sure he can play two games in one week. Um, and then Zinchenko's only just coming back from injury. So it'll either be rotation for the whole game or maybe they'll just get some minutes in either game. But personally, I think I'd stay away from Tierney and Zinchenko at the moment. 
And then after that Brighton game, uh, we've got Wolves away. Um, and they've just got a new manager in Lopetegui. Um, so he's going to have a few games to bed in with them as well. So hopefully they don't start a new manager bounce. Because Wolves, looking at that Wolves fixture initially, that was looking like it could be um, quite an easy game, to be fair. But yeah, now with a new manager, um, I think he was the Sevilla manager and Real Madrid manager previously. Um, so yeah, I think he's probably going to have them playing quite well eventually. Um, so hopefully... Hopefully they won't have too much of a new manager bounce, but it's made me feel a bit less confident about that fixture. So on to the players that I'd most likely target. You've got Bukayo Saka. Um, he's back from injury, so he came on as a sub in the Europa League game. So he must be fit enough to start the Chelsea game. Um, so I think he'll probably start two out of three here. So I think he'll definitely start the Chelsea game. The Brighton Carabao Cup game, I think they'll probably give him a rest. We've got um, Nelson, who's been playing on the right wing. You've got Marquinhos and even... Um, even Fabio Vieira has been playing that right wing back, uh, sorry, that right wing slot a little bit. So I do think they'll probably rest him for that one, just because he's coming back from a knock. Then after that, I'd probably say Martinelli or Odegaard are probably the, the the best other options below that. They're a little bit cheaper. I think Odegaard's two point seven now, Martinelli's at three point three. Um, so both of those are good. I, I don't think they're quite as good as Saka. Um, but they are still both getting amongst the goals and chipping in with some assists as well, attacking returns. So I think that's it's a toss-up to get them as a cheaper option. Um, but then I'd say after that, I'd, I'd maybe look at Ramsdale. Um, and only because Matt Turner's out now. Ramsdale's been playing the Europa League games too. Um, so I think there's every chance that he plays this uh, Carabao Cup game. I don't really think that um, any of our other backup keepers are really ready to feature in that one. So I think there's a good chance that Ramsdale could play three of these games. It's just whether or not you think they're going to get clean sheets. Um, the Chelsea one, I'm not confident about us getting a clean sheet. But the Brighton and Wolves ones, I think either one or two clean sheets could be possible in that one. Then on to Manchester City. Um, they've got three home games, actually. So this is a really good side to target. It's just obviously you get a lot of rotation with Man City. So that's one thing to consider. Um, but they've got Fulham at home in the Premier League. That's today. And... All eyes are going to be on Haaland to see whether or not he's starting. Um, then there's Chelsea in the Carabao Cup and Brentford in the Premier League. Um, so yeah, three home fixtures and that's going to be a really good one to target. But it's picking the players that are going to be nailed to sort of play two or three of those fixtures. Um, so with Haaland, um, the latest is they think he'll feature for Ful um, in the Fulham game. But personally for me, I'm just going to leave him in because even if he's on the bench for that Fulham game... Um, I think he'll definitely then go on to start the Chelsea game. So yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to risk taking him out because I've seen, <laughs> I've seen what he can do, and he's he's so far clear of the others. Um, I think he's about eighty points clear of second place at the minute in the overall rankings. So I think even if he comes on to play out of these three fixtures, if he ends up playing two or even like one and a half, I just think the points potential from him is incredible, uh, and I wouldn't want to be without him in my team. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to stick with Haaland um, and back onto that Chelsea Carabao Cup game as well. Um, quite honestly, I'd, I would I would think that he would start that game. Um, I know we get a lot of a lot of teams that rotate for the Carabao Cup, but historically the Carabao Cup is one that um, City seem to take seriously, sort of every season. I think it was only last year that they exited fairly early, but I think after that they'd won it quite a few years running. Um, so yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they sort of go full strength for that Chelsea game. With the question marks though around uh, around Haaland's fitness and also Foden seems a bit in and out of the team at the minute. Well, I think the two players that I'd 
want to have, and I've got in most of my teams, are Kevin De Bruyne and Cancelo. I just think with Haaland and Foden, a little bit of a doubt. Um, I think hard, I think that Kevin De Bruyne and Cancelo are like must-haves, really, in that City side. And then after that, I'd say probably a Kanji looks like the best option. If you can't quite get to Cancelo in the back line, I still think a Kanji's right up there. He's more of a reasonable price than sort of Diaz. Um, and in my opinion, he's just the best budget option. Um, I kicked myself because I chose Gomez ahead of him um, at the start of last month. And Gomez went on to do absolutely nothing. While Akanji, he can play at centre-back or right-back. So he's quite versatile and it just gives him more options to play. So coming on to Chelsea, I'm putting these in here. But for me, it's a complete avoid for players from their team. They're up there in the form table in the Premier League. But their fixtures are so difficult. Um, they've got Arsenal at Stamford Bridge. They've got Man City at the Etihad in the Carabao Cup. And then they've got Newcastle at St James's Park. Um, so that's three really tough fixtures. Um, and I wouldn't, even, I wouldn't even know how to predict how these could go. Um, personally, I think if they can come away with either one win and one draw from that, um, I think that would probably be something they'd be happy with, to be honest. I can't see them beating Man City at the moment. Um, they could potentially get something against Arsenal and Newcastle, um, but I don't know which way I'd call it because Newcastle and Arsenal are both in really good form as well. So it's going to be tough. Um, I know the Chelsea blocks were quite popular, but they've started conceding goals now. They've got problems with deciding who's the keeper um, because Kepa's now injured and I think Mendy's back in. Um, and quite a lot of injuries all around. Chilwell went off injured. They've been without Reese James for quite a while. So it's going to be really unpredictable for that Chelsea team. And personally, I wouldn't even want to back a, back a particular goal scorer. Sterling did score in one of the recent games in the uh, Champions League. And Bamiang's looking okay, but I think he's only got three goals in total. So personally, I don't think there's anyone in their forward line that looks solid enough to put in. Um, and the, the defence... They're just not looking as solid as they were for a, for a period in sort of September, October. So for me, it's a complete avoid for bringing in Chelsea players. On to Manchester United, and I really like their fixtures. Um, so they've got back-to-back -back games against Aston Villa, who have got Unai Emery now as their manager. Um, so the first game in the Premier League's at Villa Park. Then they've got a home game against them in the Carabao Cup. And then they've got an away game against Fulham. But um, one thing I would say about those games against Aston Villa, um, obviously I'm just kind of guessing or predicting but with Unai Emery coming in he hasn't had that much time to work with them but um, from how he used to be with Villarreal not so much at Arsenal um, he used to be really quite defensive if you used to watch the Villarreal games they used to set up really quite deep really quite defensive and compact and then try and hit on the counter um, and I think really for the for this period of games playing man united back to back for your first few i don't imagine that he's going to go really attacking i think the main thing for them is to stop conceding goals and just keep solid um, and i think that could potentially play into the hands of man united when it comes to getting clean sheets i'm going to go with diego dallo as my top pick um, he's the third highest scoring defender in the game he's only 3.7 million as well so if you compare that to like a, a trip here he is quite a lot cheaper uh, and he's 8.8% owned. Now, I think that will probably change this weekend. I think a lot of people will bring him in off the back of his good form. But still, it's fairly low ownership for someone that's got good fixtures and they're doing really well. He's getting all the sort of... Um, he's got a few star man awards and he's getting the seven ratings quite frequently. So I think that's quite good. Um, and then I wouldn't really be afraid of the double up either. Like I said, I think Villa will probably try to go quite defensive and play on the, on the counter in these games. 
So I think the defence of Manchester United should be fairly good. They have looked quite solid. So I'm going to say David De Gea um, as my second pick. Um, he's only three points behind Edison at the moment in the in the goalkeeper standings, so third place, and he's three point four million. So I think that's quite reasonable, really, for someone who's um, someone who's that far up the the goalkeeper rankings. So I, I'm personally I'm going to look to go Diego Dallo and David De Gea in my team and hope that we can get at least two clean sheets out of these three fixtures. But personally, I think there's every chance they could get three. Um, might be a bit of an ask, but yeah, I do, I do think as well that. Um, Obviously, the Carabao Cup game, it is hard to predict. But Dallow's been playing most of the Europa League games and the Premier League games. And so has David De Gea. I know the, um, the Europa League's sort of a higher standard than you'd imagine the Carabao Cup usually is. But when they were playing Dallow and David De Gea against sort of teams like Sheriff, um, there's every chance that they're going to play him, for Aston, play him against Aston Villa in the Carabao Cup. With Ten Hag as the new manager as well, I'm not really sure how he sort of views these cup games, but I do think when a new manager comes in, they are going to see these as good opportunities to win silverware early on in their careers. Um, I mean, they're not, they're not going to win the Premier League. Um, they could maybe win the Europa League, but now they've got to play a tough fixture in the knockouts. So I do think that they will have their eye on trying to win some silverware and they will take this game seriously. Then the other options I'd probably choose from Man United is either um, you've got Shaw or Martinez. Um, Shaw's now been playing quite a lot at left back. Um, he's 3.5 mil though, so he's. I mean, I'd personally want to go for Dallo over Shaw um, for that small price gap. And then you've got Martinez as well at 4 million. Um, although he's been really good, I do think 4 million seems quite steep when you've got Dallo at 3.7 and Shaw at 3.5. But the only thing I would say about Martinez is he does seem more likely to play two games than Shaw. He does seem to be less rotated than quite a lot of the other players. So personally, I still think Dallow's the best defensive option. But Shaw and Martinez are down there as well as other options you might want to choose. And then Rashford at 4.3 mil. I still think he's pretty good value. Uh, but I do think he'll only probably start two of these games. Um, his injury record isn't that great. So I, I don't think he's going to start all three most likely he'll start all two and then he might feature in the Carabao Cup but they've got quite a few options on the wings so I personally think that Ronaldo will probably get the nod in one of the uh, maybe the Carabao Cup game and then Rashford will be coming in off the wing so I'll start with Liverpool and they're actually playing Spurs um, away in the first fixture um, then they've got Derby County at Anfield and Southampton at Anfield the Derby County game is obviously the Carabao Cup one um, so yes I think that Spurs fixture is quite difficult, um, but then I think the Derby County and Southampton home games look really appealing. Um, and I'm, I'm going to tip Darwin Nunes actually surprisingly as my, my top pick at the moment. Um, the reason why um, is because that first fixture against Spurs, I think Spurs are going to go for more of a low block. Um, they've been pretty poor lately and I, I just think the way they set up against big teams is usually to defend deep and then look to counter. But I think that defending deep is going to probably suit Darwin Nunes um, specifically. He didn't play, he didn't start the Napoli game, but he did come on and score. But he was pretty much on the bench for most of the game. So I think he's going to be fresh for this game. And I think the Liverpool strategy is going to just be getting loads of crosses into the box to try and hit not, uh, Nunes. So I think, um, yeah, he's going to be quite dangerous. And it's probably going to be Trent and Robertson putting in a ton of crosses for that game. Um, and then I've put Salah down as second. Um, so obviously he's a really popular player and he's scoring really well lately. Um, but 8.3 million is a bit of a headache trying to fit him in. 
Um, but he's looking right back on form, um, and he's the second highest scoring player on the game now. So, yeah, I do think he's going to be really good. Um, I don't think I'd expect him to play the Derby County game, though. Um, Klopp's one of these managers that actually, he does rotate really heavily in the Carabao Cup. Um, they have had some injury problems, but I think historically they do seem to, for the Carabao Cup, play all youngsters. Um, so I really don't expect him to come on. So Darwin Nunes, Mohamed Salah, and then it's it's going to sound quite obvious, but I think Trent and Robertson are probably going to be the uh, the other two best options, really. Um, so that so those fixtures there. Um, Spurs, I'll, I'll touch on Spurs first. They've got Son out now, um, and Kulusevski's coming back from injury, but I think he is still a bit of a doubt. So they have only really got Kane up top, um, and he hasn't scored in three games. And then also, they're getting the majority of their goals from kind of corners and centre-back scoring and stuff like that. Hoiberg chipping in in midfield. But I don't think that it's really that sustainable without their forwards firing. Um, so personally, I think there's quite a good chance that Trent or Robertson get maybe a clean sheet against Spurs. And then if they, pl- I don't think they'll play in Derby County game, but I think there's a good potential for getting a clean sheet against um, Southampton too. So two clean sheets potentially there. And then against Spurs, like I said, I do think Spurs are going to play the, lo- the low block. Um, the reason they do it is because they do really defend these crosses kind of well. Um, they've got some big players in there that are good in the air. Um, and they obviously play with three centre-backs as well. But Trent and Robertson's crossing is really good. Um, and they're really dangerous from corners, free kicks and that sort of thing as well. So I'm going to tip either of them. But personally, I've actually liked Robertson. He's a bit cheaper um, and he was rested for Napoli as well. So I think he's going to come in fresh for this game. So then on to Tottenham, like we said, they're going to be playing home against Liverpool in the first game. So that's going to be a really tough one. But then they've got Nottingham Forest away and Leeds at home. So those last two games are some good options really for them to um, to really get some goals. And that's why I'm going to say Harry Kane, I think, is the best option. It sounds quite obvious, um, but he's been on a little bit of a goal drought and I'm not too confident about that Liverpool game. But Nottingham Forest and Leeds, I think they're two games that he's really going to... Um, get a haul in um, without Sun in the team I know he might get a little bit less service but actually I think there's a higher chance that he's going to get a star man and be more involved um, I'm not too sure what they'll do on the left wing with um, Son out but I think there's a potential they might move Perisic a little bit higher he's really been providing good service um, and he has played higher up in in his career previously so I think he could be an option on the left wing I don't think he's a viable option really on dream team but I do think he'll be a, li- a bit less selfish than what Son would be um, and he'll put, he puts in some really good crosses as well I think he's on his seventh assist of the season already so I think if, if Perisic plays on that left wing that could be really good for Harry Kane um, and then Kulisevsky um, I think he's in contention to come back but I think it'll be Mora on the right wing but personally I think that Kane is really the only viable option really from from Spurs I, I'm, I've taken out Lloris um, from my team and I wouldn't really tip putting any Spurs defenders in. Uh, that Liverpool game looks a bit shaky, really. Um, but then Nottingham Forest and Leeds, they are some good fixtures. But personally, I've, I've been stung by Spurs' defence at the minute. And I'm just going to wait until after the World Cup to reassess if I think that they're going to be a good defensive option again. So Harry Kane, I think he plays all three fixtures, to be honest. Um, Conte doesn't really seem the type of manager that just throws cup competitions. I think he's a winner and he, he'll want to win the Carabao Cup as well. Um, another another one that, that might be the uh, the best option for them to win uh, in terms of trophies. Um, 
So I think Conte is not going to throw this game and he's probably going to feel quite a strong lineup in that in that Carabao Cup game. So I think that Harry Kane could potentially play all three games. So for me, I'm, I'm going to keep him in my team. So we're moving into a bit more punty territory with these, uh, these last few. Um, but we're going to start with Leicester. Um, and they've got Everton away, Newport County at home, and then West Ham away. Um, so a bit of a mixed bag there, really. West Ham and Everton are both defensively quite good. Um, but Leicester have looked quite good in the last, uh, last few weeks. And you can see that in the form table. They're up to the sixth now in the form table. So they are, they've sort of turned the corner a little bit. Um, and really, you've got to highlight James Madison. He's a really good um, dream team asset and does get amongst the goals and assists. Uh, takes free kicks as well. But I was actually quite surprised. He is 5.1 million, which is really expensive. Um, so that's quite off-putting. Maybe if you're doing it as just a punt, it could it could work out for you. But um, I do think he's probably their best um, their best attacking asset. But that 5.1 does make you think, will it be worth it? But another reason why I've highlighted him is because um, well, we're, f we're just three, three games left and the World Cup's around the corner. Um, it doesn't look like he's going to go, to be fair. And I think it is a bit harsh. But he might look at this as, as his last chance to sort of impress um, Gareth Southgate. He might also think that if I haven't done enough now, um, I'm never going to get in. But I think he should look at this as three games to just try and do as best as he can. And you've seen how many injuries are taking place at the minute. So... God forbid anything happened to one of the other sort of midfielders, he could still be on the plane. Um, so I think he's he's quite a good option and he could get some goals in these three. And then you've got Harvey Barnes as well. So he's a bit of a cheaper option. But again, I don't know how these Leicester players ended up so expensive. Um, 4.3 million, which is more than Bukayo Saka, which is really surprising considering the season that Saka's had. So I do think he seems a bit overpriced. But those fixtures are fairly good and he has looked dangerous the last few games. Even in that uh, Man City game where they didn't get many chances, Harvey Barnes was one of the ones that were getting the chances. So I think he'll potentially just play the two. Um, I do think there'll be a lot of rotation um, for the Carabao Cup game. And they do seem to also switch. So Harvey Barnes seems to play more when there's a sort of a 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, but sometimes he does like to sw switch to a two and put an Iniacho and Dakar on um, at the same time. So if he does do that, maybe for that middle fixture, I don't think Barnes will play. But I think he should play two out of the three fixtures. And then last option from um, from Leicester, I'd say Castane. So he's three million, um, and he's Leicester's fourth point uh, highest point scorer. But he does get really favourable ratings from who scored, and he is involved quite high up the pitch. He's quite an attacking fullback. So I do think he's a good a good option, um, and I think he'll potentially feature in probably two fixtures. He might come on f for the uh, Newport game, maybe as a sub, but he's going to get at least two games, I think, and he's, he's got good potential for getting assists and goals. I'd also add as well, while um, Everton and West Ham have been quite good defensively, they're not the most potent attackers, so I do think there is a good chance that if Leicester do set up fairly well in defence, they could get clean sheets in these games they were pretty good against um, Man City defensively so if they can offer a bit more going forward but still keep quite compact I think there's potential that they get two clean sheets here then on to West Ham and they're another team like Man City who've actually got three home games so that's quite a good option there um, but picking the players is a little bit harder so the three fixtures they've got is Crystal Palace at home Blackburn at home and Leicester City at home and obviously Blackburn is the uh, Carabao Cup game um, so three home games is really appealing. 
Um, and they're going to have a fully rested side as well for Crystal Palace. They they pretty much played um, all the sort of reserves and kids for their uh, for their Europa League conference game. Um, so Skamaka, I think, is going to be one of the best options. He's only 2.6 million, which is ridiculously cheap for a striker at a top club. Um, I don't know if his price ended up dropping quite a lot just because he was coming on uh, at the start. He was only coming on for a few minutes here and there. And for a striker, if you only come on for a short amount of time and, and don't deliver, um, your price can drop quite rapidly. Um, but 2.6 million, I think Skamaka could be a really good punt. And then Bowen as well, um, so 4 million, so not too expensive, but um, I'm not sure if he's still on penalties anymore. I think he did miss one, so he was a good option for being on penalties, but I'm not sure who the taker is at the minute, um, but he still must be up there. Um, he is always a good threat, but this year he hasn't been quite as good as previously, but we do know that he has got that attacking potential. And then I'd say either Cresswell or Zuma if you're looking for um, a defensive option from West Ham. And they have looked fairly solid and they're at home. So Crystal Palace, Blackburn, Leicester, um, some fairly good fixtures. Um, in terms of their defence, I've just gone for the players that have played the most Premier League minutes really. Because there is a little bit of rotation they do in the uh, Europa League. So it's a little bit, in the Europa League conference. So it's a little bit hard to predict. But I think Cresswell and Zuma are probably the ones that are most now to play the most minutes. Um, but I think Cresswell has more attacking upside in, in general. Um, this season, Zuma's got a goal and Cresswell's got an assist. They're the only attacking returns either of them have got. But I do think Cresswell does seem to take things like free kicks and corners now and again. Um, so I think Cresswell probably has the bigger upside. And then last, and probably least, um, Everton. Um, they've got Leicester City at home. They've got a back -to -back, then got back-to-back -back games against Bournemouth, which are both away. Um, so Leicester at home in the Premier League, Bournemouth away in the Carabao Cup, and then Bournemouth away in the Premier League. Um, the only options really I'd look there is, defensively they have looked quite good. Um, so Pickford at 2.9 is probably quite good value for these fixtures. I'm not sure, I've, even though Bournemouth are at home, I'm not sure I really fancy them. And I, I think that Everton have been pretty solid. Um, so Pickford at 2.9 seems good value. The other defenders, though, um, I think they're quite expensive for what they are. Tarkowski's 3.6. And then when we were looking at some of the previous teams, like you could get a Man U defender or a Newcastle defender for that. So personally, I'd, I think I'd go for Pickford if you really are going to put a defender. But um, yeah, these aren't anyone that I'm going to be bringing into my team. Um, and then attacking-wise, um, probably the best options for me in terms of value and returns is Awobi at 2.6 and Anthony Gordon at 2.4. Um, both have got a good amount of attacking returns, um, but it would be a punt. It would be a two-week punt at that price. Um, yeah, I don't think they're sort of long-term holds. Right, so then on to my, um, my team and how I'm going to use my transfers. Uh, it's been really giving me a headache actually trying to figure this out and... Probably like for the most of you as well, um, if you were on yesterday trying to look at the team, the price updates and have a look at your transfers, Sun Dream Team was pretty much down all day. Um, it was showing that people had minus budgets and it was a complete mess and it took ages to fix. Um, but we finally got there um, and this is my current team. So I've got Hugo Lloris, Cucurella, Saliba, Gomez, Cancelo, Kevin De Bruyne, Saka and Buemo. Almiron, Harry Kane and Haaland up front. Um, so I've, I've been highlighting in the last few videos the players that I wanted out. Um, I just had no transfers to do it. Um, so Hugo Lloris, he's been terrible for me, so I want to get him out. So he's on he's on the list. Cucurella, um, 
as I said, I don't fancy those Chelsea fixtures at all. Um, and they've really declined over the last few weeks defensively, I think. Um, Saliba, I'm happy with. Sergio Gomez, he's been terrible for me, so he's out. Um, Cancelo, I'm happy to keep. I think their fixtures look good and they're all home games. De Bruyne, for the same reason, um, I'm going to keep him in, especially with Foden and Haaland as when not looking as nailed as they were before. Saka is causing me a real headache, and you'll find out why, but I love him. He's, he's fit to play the Chelsea game, but I think he's going to have to be someone I sacrifice to make the changes that I want, which... Reluctantly, I might have to do. Um, and Buemo, I think I'm happy just to keep him for now. So he's got Nottingham Forest away, Gillingham at home, and then he has got that Man City game, which is going to be tough. But I do think um, sometimes they can get things against Man City playing on the break. Um, so I think I'm going to just keep him in anyway. I'm not expecting too much, and he's quite a cheap player. But I think I'm going to keep him in. And then Almiron, happy to keep. Harry Kane, like I said, I think he's still going to be the main man at Spurs um, and he's got good potential for points. So I'm going to keep him in. And then Haaland, I think regardless of what happens in that Fulham game, I'm just going to keep him in my side as well. So yeah, onto the transfers I'm going to make. Um, Hugo Lloris, I'm going to take out for David De Gea. Um, I'm quite confident that De Gea's going to outscore Lloris in these fixtures. And I think he's probably the best option. I was looking between De Gea and maybe Nick Pope. But I do think that those Villa games, I do think are quite a good opportunity. I know a lot of managers, you get the new manager bounce. But I think actually the main objective for Emery, in my opinion, will be to try and keep them solid. And I do think that will end up making them give up a little bit of attack. So I think that David Haye looks like a good option there. So I'm happy with him for Lloris. Um, Cucurella, I want to get him out of my team. And this is where the headache kind of begins. So... I didn't know whether, I really want to have Trippier in my side. Um, so I'm doing Cucurella to Trippier. But this is the thing that means I'm going to have to make a sacrifice. So I think by bringing in Trippier, I'm going to have to lose Saka. But I'll get on to that. So Cucurella out for Trippier. Sergio Gomez, I'm going to take out for Dallo. But then that would leave me um, out of pocket and in the minuses. So I need to find some budget elsewhere. And that's where I'm going to have to take out, I think, Bakayo Saka and downgrade him to Erdegaard, which I'm not completely happy about doing. Um, but the options would be to either change Trippier to Fabian Scher, and then I can keep Saka, or I bring Trippier in and then reduce uh, or downgrade Saka to Erdegaard. So it's a tough one, and I'm, I'm not completely convinced either way um, but the only way I'm looking at it is Saka is coming back from injury um, so I'm not completely sure how likely he is that he's going to play 90 minutes in all of these games um, he'll probably be rotated for the Carabao Cup um, so I'm, yeah I'm not too sure about him there but I just think the upside of Trippier is so much more than Fabian Scher and then I was looking also at, um, to try and to try and convince myself a little bit more um, I'm trying to just compare really the average points of Kieran Trippier and um, Erdegaard compared to the average points of a Saka and a um, Fabian Scher. And Trippier and Erdegaard, in terms of average points, were coming up quite a bit above at the minute. Um, so I think I'm going to stick with that, but it's not something I'm going to be happy about. But in summary, um, so Hugo Lloris to Dallo, 
But in summary, Hugo Lloris to David De Gea, Cucurella to Trippier, Sergio Gomez to Dallo, and Saka to Erdegaard is what I think I'm going to go with, unless anything crazy happens with the lineups um, before before we move. But yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. Um, really don't want to lose Saka, but I think it's necessary, and it's only going to be for sort of three games till the World Cup comes. So yeah. So then when I look at my team after I've made these uh, these changes, but De Gea in goal, well, I think he's going to be good. Um, Trippier, I'm happy with. He's he's getting seven ratings all the time. So, I mean, if he starts, if he stops producing now, you can definitely blame me for that, um, cursing him. Um, Saliba, I'm, I'm okay with him. I think there's a 50% chance that he starts that Brighton Carabao Cup game, but I do quite like the fixtures. Cancelo, I think he's a must for these, uh, what, three home fixtures for Man City. And then Dallow has been brilliant. And like I said, again, with Aston Villa, I do think that um, in those two games against Aston Villa, there's potential to get at least one clean sheet, I think. Um, De Bruyne, again, the same reason as Cancelo. I think those two are going to be the main men for Man City over these next three games. Erdegaard, he's still a really good pick. Um, nothing against him at all, but I just don't think he's as good as Saka. And he definitely doesn't have as, up, uh, as much upside as Saka. Um, Saka also has those pens, so I think that will really uh, disappoint me if, if we end up giving away a, uh, winning a penalty against uh, Chelsea or one of the other fixtures. But yeah, I'm just going to go with it. It's not a bad pick, Erdegaard, but he just quite isn't quite Saka for me. So that's going to be the one that beats me up, I think. Um, and Buemo, happy. Almiron, happy. Harry Kane, happy. And then Haaland. The only thing that's going to really disappoint me again, I think, is if um, maybe Salah goes on to do really well this weekend, and I could have maybe swapped Haaland for Saka, so uh, for Salah. Um, but I just think Haaland's upside and his ownership is just going to kill you. Like I think Salah's um, ownership is around thirty percent at the minute, and so if he does have a haul, I don't think it's going to be as harmful as if I take him out. Um, Take Haaland out, for example, and then Haaland gets a haul. And he's 72% owned at the minute. So I think that's really going to damage me a lot worse if Haaland does well than if Salah does well. But either way, it's not nice when players that you don't own do well. But I, at the moment, I'm not at a stage where I can get Salah, Haaland, Kane in my team. Whereas I've got De Bruyne and Cancelo as well. So, yeah, it's not possible. You can't have everyone. But, yeah, it's going to be painful either way if uh, one of these players does produce. Right, I'm going to leave it there for this episode, this uh, November transfer special. Sorry you've not had a bit longer to watch it um, before the actual 3 o'clock games. Um, but yeah, Dream Team being down yesterday set me back quite a lot when I was trying to decide which changes to make and what the price changes would be as well. So uh, yeah, sorry you've had, not had a bit more time. But if you have liked the video, please do like and subscribe to this channel um, and follow us on Spotify too. I probably won't put a video out at the start of next week, but probably just the end. Because um, at the start of the week, I'm going to be on the Dream Team Tonic podcast. So give them a follow and you'll be able to probably see my latest team updates and find out how I got on this weekend by listening to their podcast. So head over to there and yeah, see you on the next video. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.